Broadcasting live from the world tree on the plain of Kaldheim, this is Tap Tap Concede. Hello, everybody. This week, we have a very fun episode, and I'm joined by Wheeler. Thank you for having me, Kathleen. It's great to be here. And Nelson. Present. Okay. Uh, that's uh, a hostile start, but do you know what's not a hostile start? <laughs> I don't know how hostile it was. I don't know. You were like, it's so nice to be here. And it's like, present. I mean, I didn't mean it. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. Kathleen. Get ready for these comments. Thanks for having me, Kathleen. It's great to be here. Oh, now, you know what? You better go. read this. <laughs> You let me know in the comments below what you, you what you would say if I randomly just started beef with you in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> but well, you know who we don't have beef with? We don't have beef with any of you through your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. We couldn't do this without you. We also have no beef with Card Kingdom. No beef with Card Kingdom. I don't have beef with Card Kingdom. There are at least five people in this chat, in this community that I have beef with. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. they're donating to the Patreon out of spite. Mm -hmm. We know it. Yeah. But Beef McRib is an outlier and should not be counted. Oh. Incredible. <laughs> Anyhow, we love Card Kingdom, and if you want to buy any uh, cards for a commander deck, or you're thinking, God, this what Wheeler and Nelson are talking about is so good, I want those cards too. You can get them at Card Kingdom, and if you say, ooh, you know, I want to tell Card Kingdom that they uh, that Loading Ready Run made me come here, you can use our affiliate link, which is just cardkingdom.com slash LRR, and in your order field, you can say, Loading Ready Run sent me, button please, and I believe our most recent uh, button says, uh, life, laughter, land drops, which is, I think, something we can all get behind. Uh, all right. But what are we getting behind? I'm usually behind on land drops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haven't had enough laughs today, for sure. So I'm, many tears. Yeah. <laughs> Hostile work environment. Yeah. Um, but, hey, let's extend that hostility. Let's put you two in a combat battle. Okay. You two are going to draft style your favorite sort of modern draft format. So uh, I have picked a number between 1 and 50, and both of you have to guess a number. You can guess first if you want. 39. Okay. 38. All right, well, the answer was 28, so Nelson wins because he was slightly closer. Guy hits me with the prices right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you guess first. I know. <laughs> <laughs> mean of you cruelty should have just said 25 do you want to draft first no it's, it's I don't you mind. get the choice yeah your choice Who yeah sure first? i'll draft second that's oh so you're gonna draft up. second okay all right well yeah. here's what we're gonna do wheeler you're gonna draft a modern limited format and you're gonna tell me why it's your favorite and if he picks it nelson can't and we're gonna get, make a list of the top 10 best sort of modern draft formats as according to Nelson and Wheeler, uh, while they sort of cooperate building the list. Yeah, this is uh, exhaustive and concrete and concise, and we're only going to do sets that were legal and standard. Yeah, yeah they have so to have gone through standard rotation. Yeah, so shout-outs to Modern Masters 2015, which for the first time I heard about this idea was on my list. Um, I am going to... So sh this is the tricky part, because... I I should maybe make picks that Nelson would also make. Yes. That's wise. But also, I feel like there might be... I feel like we might want different things from draft What if formats. Nelson spitefully just says... Uh, champions, champions, champions <laughs> betrayers. That's my pick. Ooh. Champs, champs, betrayers. All right. Why, champ, why, is, why is champ, champ, betrayers one of your all-times? You picked it first. Um, 
because there's just so many different things that you can draft in that format. Um, uh, there's a very large asterisk that's looming up top, okay. which is nobody opens a GTA. If nobody opens a GTA, I think that draft format is like pretty close to just perfect. Really? Like you could just run it back constantly. Um, yeah, there's just like all the mechanics kind of work out pretty interesting in an interesting way. Um, obviously, because there's so much of casting spirits and arcane spells, uh, you get like a added bonus to just like bad arcane spells or bad spirits mm. um, because you just need, you, you could be drafting for a certain density. So you're not, even if you get like trash at the end, that trash might be usable. Right. Um, there is removal across all the colors, which is for, for that era is like not always the case. And the removal also tends to be at common. Mm. Um, with like Ren Spirit, Ren Flesh. I mean, Glacial Ray is a bit of an abomination, but Glacial Ray is still, you know, uh, quite good. Um, Soul Shift means that you got a lot of uh, replay to some of your cards. Like you can make board-based trades and then get something back with Soul Shift. The equipment's kind of interesting, especially coming off of MD5. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it rules. It's it's honestly a part of why I love Kamigawa so much, uh, other than, you know, it was the set I played when I was 13. Mm. Um, it's just a, it's it was a fun, like I drafted a, before drafting that, but I remember drafting champs and being like, whoa, Kabuto Moth, <laughs> Waxbane Baku. Have you drafted Bane, Baku. since then? Yeah, I actually for loading ready run mm. this, but this was like 2016. Okay, Still like quite a while ago. Yeah, I forget what it, I came in like bef even before North 100, I think, or like very early to me joining North 100. I forget why I was at the studio for some reason, and people were drafting Champions of Kamigawa throwback drafts on Magic Online. Oh. And I remember like weaseling my way in, being like, oh, can I draft with you? Uh -uh. Yeah. Was it everything you had hoped for and remembered? It was very interesting watching people that had never experienced it, experience it. I know it was Cameron was there. Somebody else. Cameron and somebody else. Probably James or Graham. Yeah. Probably. yeah. And they were, they were down to clown with it once they saw the light. Well then. Nice. It's neat, especially playing those older draft... Uh, formats on flashback draft because like the rules are slightly different right mm -hmm. like before m10 or whatever and um you know sometimes that affects the the pick order or whatever yeah damage stacked back at the in, time back in champs yeah. there's mana burn so there's like different con there you have you have very specific context to like the strength of some of these like cards and and combat tricks and and uh like, I have I've literally never played with I don't think mag damage has ever stacked in my whole career. How does that change a card? Because I can't even comprehend how it would affect. The, which I kind of I know what some of the cards do, but like. So from that set, a great example is Sakura Tribe Elder, the two mana one one. You can sacrifice it to tutor for a land. Yeah, yeah. So if somebody attacks with like a Goblin Piker, like a two one, uh -huh. you could block with Tribe Elder, 
and then damage on the stack, sacrifice it so that the one damage would kill the piker and you'd still be able to get the land. Oh. Similarly, when like Mog Fanatic from yeah. back in Tempest was printed, this is the one a lot of people go to, is like, it's a 1-1 one, one for 1, but it can kill a 2-2 two, two in combat yeah. because you can put the damage on the stack and then sacrifice it to deal another damage to the creature. Right, mm-hmm. okay, so. okay. Yeah. It yeah. had never occurred to me that you could do that because you've never been able to do that in my magic playing career. Yeah, chump blocking feels like chump blocking now, right? The other most important part, I thought, or most common instance of why damage on the stack matters is that if you have a blue spell like Unsummon, you can get damage to go on the stack and then just return your creature to your hand after it's already like fulfilled its its yeah. purpose of trading with the creature. So the blue, oh. the blue return target x like creature non-land permanent to hand spells sort of function like expensive lightning bolts yeah right? fleeting image uh, right so fleeting image or like um, yeah there's a there's like an innistrad version of it too but basically those kind of cards where you can block and then yeah just self bounce protect the creature and kill their thing incredible yeah all right well that was a bit of a detour but i was genuinely curious and i love to stay focused and I can see James's lights come on. So it's time to move on to our first pick for Nelson. Nelson, what is your favorite? Okay, well, format? I'm rather than trying to zig when Wheeler zags, I'm just going to play this one straight and say triple Innistrad. Yay! This is uh, in my top 10, and I think it's probably the most hotly contested pick since we're drafting and trying to games it. So, like, secure this one. Um, various great archetypes um the kind of like draft by the guilds strategy was really starting to get uh dug in this was also interestingly like the first set that um r&d let us know they had designed top down but they did an absolutely beautiful job with it mechanically uh each of the two color pairs has its own vibe um and then like You've probably heard of spider spawning, or when people sit down, they talk about spider spawning. LSV uh, released a bunch of draft videos and an article about this deck that was extremely popular, and lot everybody wanted to get a piece of this. We're all drafting on Magic Online trying to get the spider spawning deck, but it wasn't even like one of the best decks yeah. in the limited format. The best deck was generally green white humans. Travel prep. Travel prep. Travel prep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this is a. A sorcery that we still fight over every time we open up the the old Innistrad packs around here, which we've done a couple times. We've been lucky to get to get in on some some mm-hmm. uh, Innistrad flashback drafts here. So thank you, team. Uh, my favorite uh, archetype when it first came out just had to do with this red enchantment that cares about you casting flashback spells oh, called yeah. Burning Vengeance. Yes. And this was sort of the first one of these like red enchantments that if you satisfy like condition X, like if if you do the like um, set mechanic, set mechanic exactly, you get damage. Damage. And they did a bunch of different uh, playing with whether it costs mana to, to get the damage or whether the enchantment's expensive or how many times you have to like push the button or whatever. But this one was kind of like the archetype. It was like, what if we just had a three-man enchantment that shocks things every time they do the set mechanic? And uh, it was pretty good. You it- could get a lot of like media, like we were talking about late trash flashback isn't yeah. trash if you have two burning vengeance uh-huh. in your deck. now all of your like overcosted, <clears throat> stupid like mega night- one one cards are also like four to the face yeah it's just like oh a nightbird reaches yeah whatever the flashback can't block sure. card is and that one's like, a little sure. sketchy because they have to have they creatures have to, in play <laughs> yeah up, up to two target creatures oh it is up to two. okay my bad all right. Anyways, um, you had a bl- classic blue-black zombies in there with uh, the first printing of 
four mana make two zombies. I can't remember what that one's called. Moan the Unhowled. Thank you. Moan of the Unhowled flashes back for seven. Um, Fiend Hunter was printed in this set. Get in the bag. Get in the bag. Before Fiend Hunter, white didn't really have like creatures that did this no it was yeah black was the yeah faceless butcher yeah you had necrotol and faceless butcher but white got to get in on the like decent removal on a an etb creature so that was like a pretty important thing that happened mm-hmm. um secretly this was very a very influential set for design yes uh and so. do you think it's because they're like hey let's try a bunch of this stuff and the reaction was everybody's like i love this and they're like okay this is a good template moving forward for things that we like i mean i don't know if it's all exactly like that if there's that straight feedback but probably eventually yes i know when they're designing sets like they have to do it like two or more years out like mm-hmm. there's a production schedule where by the time you've kind of like locked in the file you haven't necessarily received the feedback of the set previous, but maybe in like future years. Yeah, I mean, not the very next set. No, but I do think up, that but... we can say a lot of like the hallmarks that we consider the modern draft environment is like, you know, these things that say, hey, do set mechanic, get reward. Right. This is sort of like the first place we start to see them show up, right? Kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you two th- agree with that? I think so, yeah. A, b- a bunch of them. It was an important turning point like, in magic set design, especially for limited. They learned that they could just like, do a top down really well that also just had satisfying mechanics. Mm. You know, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. So for when we say top down, if you're not like deep in the thing, I feel like the difference is like you're designing either for the mechanics of the set or the flavor of the set. And right. I believe that they are the flavor of Innistrad top down. We're going to make a horror set. But then they came up with a bunch of wonderful, flavorful mechanics that all made it work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like one, you know, I, hey, it's a horror set. So we want to design a card that fits a very specific horror trope. Yeah. And so what would that do? And you kind of build it off of that mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, the file needs a two-drop uncommon red card. Yeah. What do we do? Right. You know? Yeah, just because you know everybody needs access to this many cards. Otherwise, the draft balance is like, you know, it's off, right? And mm-hmm. so they need another two-drop, and it needs to be a good one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the conceit is that either like the set needs to be built from the angle of how can all the cards serve the story we're telling and the flavor, or like what story do we need to tack on to all these cool mechanics we've made with the pieces moving around. And I think in modern design, they probably have like a lot of back and forth because partly the success of these top-down sets. I feel like it's kind of, I think any good design uh, person will say that it's not that this set only comes from top and this set only comes from the bottom. It's like a dialogue now yeah. probably as yeah. as it goes through development yeah that's but, likely well i'm getting off track again and i can feel james's wrath from here so i'm going to move on and say wheeler what is your second most favorite draft format of all time um among modern standard legal among sets. Modern, among modern, modern standard legal sets yeah i'm gonna go with m10 here because I know Nelson's going to want to take that one, too. <laughs> it was in the list, yeah. Um, yeah, M10 was the return of, like, it, it basically was just, hey, we redid Magic the Gathering. Like, it felt like such a kickoff point for, like, no, nah, corsets stink. Or, like, people people aren't exactly excited about 10th edition or whatever. Um and it felt like you were actually playing a real set. Like, Corset drafts before M10 were not 
good. Like we we would do them because it was like, hey, there's a new set kind of, and there'd be like one event. Yeah. At, at RLGS anyway, and and the even the designers talking about them on the mothership, it'd be like rather than just a list of cards that are legal and standard, we yeah. wanted to maybe try to design a set that yeah. people wanted to play. <laughs> yeah. And I think they really succeeded because this was also the removal of damage on the stack mm. and of. Mana burn, right? Yeah, damage on the stack, mana burn, I believe both left with M10, and they also fixed death touch. Yes. Um, and and lifelink? Man, lifelink, too. Yeah. Well, I can't remember if that was the same time where they did it earlier, but yeah. A bunch of rules got updated in yeah. M10. A bunch of rules. A lot of, a lot of rules that people take for granted uh, as being very easy to intuit, whereas like death touch used the, the stack... Lifelink used the stack. All these things. And could in fact stack, yeah. stack itself. Like multiple, right. like putting a Loxodon Warhammer on an Exalted Angel. You're going to get two separate triggered abilities to gain that much life. Oh, that seems like it makes it much more complicated. Yeah, every yeah. every enchantment that said this thing has lifelink that you put on your creature. Back oh, it would be then, a separate instant of lifelink. Lifelink. Yeah, you had to count yeah. all of them. Yeah. Wow, exactly. they don't do that anymore. Nope. 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 Unless it's really special. <laughs> and it seems very like straightforward, right? Like, oh, a thing with lifelink, it get you gain the life that it deals in damage. And death touch is like, oh, it just deals dam any amount of damage it's gonna deal is gonna kill the thing. Yeah. Like that feels very straightforward. Um I also drafted the hell out of this set. S just like there was a routine of playing an FM using our prize packs going to the Bard's basement uh, and uh, doing an M10 draft while getting real drunk. Then we played Rock Band, and then the DD uh, <laughs> took us to Burger King at midnight for two Whoppers for $5. And I did that every Friday for like a year and a half. This guy did Bliss. this so much with his buddies that then I met them because they started showing up at YJ because <laughs> yeah. someone else had to buy the packs. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It... Uh, and like to this set's credit too, there were a lot of. Um, it it was like they dropped a bunch of iconic cards, like a little bit like a Tales of Middle Earth or an Adventure in the Fallen Re from from Forgotten Realms. Like mm -hmm. it was a bunch of just like here's a bunch of regular magical world high fantasy tropes that we're gonna make into cards, like Ginny Weasley. Yeah, sorry, oh, Gin, Gin of Wishes yeah. is the name of the card. Yeah, um, and oh, and the the acidic slime, Baneslayer Angel, Baneslayer Angel. So like you had these rares that were really strong, which uh, and consistently of high quality. Like the rares in that set are consistently high quality mm. playable, whereas previously that's not always the case. And you'll just like look at even like the previous set, like the ninth like, edition or whatever. Uh, there well, was tenth edition and then M ten. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, but even like I, I guess Alara, Alara came out after M ten. No, uh, before M ten. I think before. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? I, M ten was in, playing Cascade and Baneslayer. Yeah, it went M ten to Zendikar. Okay, is what I mean. That's but like Alara, to Alara's credit, Alara also fixed this pretty well. But like. You look at some of the stuff in like Shadowmoor and Eventide, sure. and there are rares that are just like unplayable. Right. Like, like this they, is a bad uncommon or whatever. They're yeah. so trash. But the rares in M10 felt fun to play, powerful, but also not impossible to deal with. Like one of the hardest things to get off the table wasn't Baneslayer Angel, it's Cudgel Troll. Just like yeah. a four mana, four three. 
that regens for one. Ooh. Yeah, regeneration mattered in that set. Uh-huh. As opposed to like back in the day when lots of creatures had regeneration, but all the removal spells said yep. regeneration doesn't work. The Kudge was big. Like yeah, this, this was this was this one you would pick above a bunch of rares, but like a lot of time in M10, if there was a rare in a pack, you could pick it and then try yes. to build your draft deck around that. And that was kind of nice. The other thing about M10, like the drafting portion wasn't that hard. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be very difficult to draft. It was meant to be easy to draft so new players could get into draft. And we hadn't had that yet, ever. Really? That was the first time that they're like, hey, let's make this like inviting. Yeah. Right before I started yeah. playing. Draft had been like totally gatekept by the like top, like the more really? uh, experienced yeah. players. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. But then when M10 dropped, it was like, anyone can draft. You can draft for fun. And it wasn't unsatisfying. Like, it's they not were, like you're just sitting games. there and being like, I'm yeah. picking the ones that are these colors. I, I remember because like I started playing right, like right as Zendikar came in and uh, tried standard and did not like that and mm -hmm. then started drafting. I probably, I don't really have like fond memories of drafting the set or any like specific memories of drafting the set but i'm feeling nostalgic now when you're talking about it i probably drafted the set this was one of my on-ramps honestly it should have been yeah this this is one of those sets where i don't think the boxes are honestly that expensive and would draft it in a heartbeat like, really or, it would just be a fun thing to draft on like a friday paper fight because it's just so like clean it's that you, know? you know what? I have a very nostalgic feeling for what, for what I call like that classic corset draft environment. Yeah. I might be hearkening back to this. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you find like, you know, when you're like, what was that song I loved as a child? And then you find out the name of the song. I feel like I might have just gotten that information. This is a draft set that you were like super into, but yeah. you didn't know enough to sort of appreciate what you were getting at the time. Yeah. Right. I, I remember drafting black, green, splashing for fireball a lot because fire for fireball was a pretty common <laughs> fireball story, was that yeah. uncommon uh i think black black green had like pretty reasonable like creatures and and like where you had your removal the rares and uncommons i remember being pretty i mean always pretty good but they're pretty good here and then just being able to like rampant growth out of your mountain and then just fireball them to the dome Sleep was an uncommon. Right. So the like blue, yeah. white. An overrun. Yeah, an overrun. That's yeah. an important one too. So every color had, I think every color had like a pretty reasonable non-creature card at uncommon that like you could first pick and it's not embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't first pick armor dissension, but I've I've lost to the armor dissension. Yeah. Like somebody drafting the double armor dissension. You're allowed onto their... to first pick armor dissension. Yeah. Throwing that on like a palace, uh, what is it, palace guard? The like three mana, or no, was it standing troops? There was like a three mana one, one for vigilance or whatever. That just yeah. like you, th you put it on this, and if you don't have access to like Doom Plate or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and it was just multiple creatures too. Bolt, bolt was that common in the set, so you right. couldn't bolt this card, and then that it just the got. Thing they, did. they brought back Lightning Bolt and yeah. Mana Leak, and those hadn't been in standard for yeah. years. Like uh -huh. the design philosophy. M10 was sort of like a hint at the fire days. Like it was like this, this corset. Uh, can we get the beep? This this set really. F <laughs> um, it's like it it was had a bunch of really heavy hitters like this mm -hmm. and Baneslayer Angel and Manic. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at the case and looking at the Baneslayers Baneslayer Angels. What's that? Mm -hmm. That looks good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I I used to feel bad that I traded uh, 
I don't even remember if I traded my Tarmogoyf for Baneslayer Angels or the other way around. But now they're both yeah, worth they're both nothing. Worth I think bucks, Baneslayer so yeah. might even be more. because probably is. Yeah, yeah, I have a foil Baneslayer from some extremely elaborate trade, <laughs> like multi-day trade nice. that is like maybe just worth more than a Goyf by now. Probably. Good grief. Yeah. Just watch the risk Ristic Studies video on foiling. It is very good. Mm-hmm. But we're off topic, and I've got to rein us back in. Nelson, it's time for your next pick. I'm going to keep it going with the uh, bringing back the core sets era. And so after M10, there were six more years. It was like a seven-year period where every summer we got a core set, whereas before M10, it was about every two years. And it wasn't like – I don't think it was like – completely set like maybe it would be in the early part of the summer maybe it was usually in the summer it was usually in the summer and it was usually every two years we'd get a core set and then rotation of the core sets in standard was tied to that release but then there was another regular rotation one you're familiar with but then in m10 they fixed that they stopped doing that (laughs) um so again shout outs to m10 but i'm gonna go near the end of it so the last one of those we got was called magic origins but my pick is m15 so this was another every year these sets came out they they were a little bit different but they were a little bit the same too like they kind of gave us this cool gradient of like here's what the core sets from you know 2009 when this one first came out up until summer of 2015 when magic origins dropped and they were like hey we're not going to do these sets anymore now we're going to move to having in the summer there'll be something like a core set but it won't be called a core set and it'll be like tales of middle earth or adventures yeah. of Forgotten I mean, Realms the- or whatever or or they'll just be four sets tied to a block that year yeah the core sets i feel like people were getting a little because they're not they weren't part of the overall story any uh, like a core set would have something from a variety of planes and you could see any creatures and stuff pop into it because it wasn't like tied to the story so they could feel a bit more scattershot and some of them were really good and some of them were really slow and weird and some of them were like really fast and not as fun as i recall and so people were like oh kind of by the end of core sets the other thing you got to remember is back you know a decade ago when these were coming out there was like (laughs) enough time or or enough bandwidth from r&d to make about four sets a year total whereas today if they were like hey we want to add a fourth set for this long story we're telling on you know zendikar it's going to need four sets long to do it um instead today instead of bumping the core set they would just make both right yeah um but back then it was like okay if we if we stop making a core set every summer we can start making more regular expansions which they wanted to do so getting back to 2015 uh, or magic core set 2015 uh it had a cycle of uncommons that were very well loved uh where it would be an allied color activated ability along with a static ability on on an uncommon creature and so like there's a a blue creature with a black activated ability and then the static ability always cared if you had the uh other land type so you have you play these two color pairs merc lurker shout out to andrew brown who i just saw got promoted to uh some higher position at Mm -hmm. watsi um his little nickname there but the merc lurker the curd chieftain the uh prized elephant thank you the prized elephant the elvish what's it called sylvan champion or was the the green one drop that one was uh, sunblade champion sunblade elf yeah or sunblade elf and then the black one that uh, can that's like night, a giant skeleton that yeets things right night fire captain something like that yeah so these were all really cool fun cards to play with that kind of like scaled up in power (laughs) as you found spare mana to put into their abilities but also were just like very respectable um on their own 
and were a strong signal to get into those two color pairs. This set also brought back Convoke, and there is a card that people were fighting over a common called Triplicate, Triplicate Spirits. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Sorry. Uh, so just draft a lot of happy memories of drafting those and like turboing those out. It sort of felt like if you got a, a good green white draft deck, you had like Sprout Swarm, except they can fly and they come out faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough to get to play in a uh, team sealed Grand Prix in Portland. I don't know if you came back for that one, but there was a there was a big cadre. Josh Lane had a team, and uh, LRR this, folks went. I think like, I've heard this. Is this the James infamous it was, Portland? It was, yeah, it was me, Graham, and Jeremy. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. So. Is this the infamous Portland one where some guy won when he was on mushrooms? Is this the no? That, no, was, that was the next year. Yeah, that was an SCG. <laughs> that was That's not that long after. But it. if you want that story, I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah well, he'll he'll tell you that he'll story if you me. just want to Google it. Yeah. Um. But anyways, it was in the same room probably. Um. But yeah, GP in Portland, and we managed to make day two and just barely get in the money. So uh, shout outs to my teammates there, Pat, Pat and Nick P. Uh, that was a great weekend. So a bit of a sentimental trip, but this set also just was really deep. Like after I've shown you Fester Gloom, you're probably not too surprised to learn that throughout the course of the format, we all figured out that, uh, or wait, I showed you Trip Good Spirits, this card that you normally wouldn't think very much of, but it's three three mana in black at common sorcery. All creatures get minus one, minus one. Fester oh, Gloom uh, or Fester Boil or something? Cow- no, I thought it was Cower in... Cower in Fear? Is that one too? Was it Cower in Fear? Fester Gloom. Fester oh. Gloom. Yeah, this is the one from this set. Just non-black creatures. I'm, th- oh, I'm thinking of the M14 one. Right. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, um, so like various things about how to deal with this format... Um, I, I learned those lessons and like, I, I just enjoyed the process. Um, yeah, I, I just like those uncommon creatures a lot. I think that's one of the main reasons that I enjoyed M15 so much. The signpost uncommons felt really well designed. All right. Yeah. Well, we're four picks in in half an hour. So Wheeler moving along. What's your third pick? What's your third favorite draft set of all time? Oh God, uh, I had one in mind, then I forgot it. I guess triple. I like triple scars. Yeah, triple scars of Mirrodin. I drafted that maybe the most out of any format, or it's like the second most. I drafted that a lot on Magic Online. Mm. And that was one of those sets where I feel like I figured something out before other people figured something out, uh, because there were two primary camps of like you drafted red white. Or you could draft uh, like Red White, Borosi, Metalcraft, Galvanic Blast, and go fast stuff. Or you could draft like the, you could have the Poison deck. Uh, or be Red Green, like every Shatter kind of thing, like mm-hmm. Red Green. Oh, the dino- that's the that's the format that Red Green Dinos. Dinos came out of. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And that but was I, a, that was a second wave deck. Yeah. My, that was part of the, part of that second wave is I capitalized on. I was drafting a lot of red green and a lot of green white as well, very similar to the Dino deck, um, with very little con, like very little um, pushback. Like right. I just found like I could always get the cards that I needed, be them the uncommons, be them the just like the role players. Like there's a card called uh, Molder Beast that I love. It's a four and a green for a five three that has trample. And when an artifact is put into the graveyard from play, it gets plus two plus zero until end of turn. And you would just kill people with this card. You would like uh, panic spell bomb. They can't block. This hits you for seven or whatever. And uh, 
Yeah, you put like a stratocythe on this if you opened it up, and if, they're just dead. If they attacked you the same turn that they cast this, it was real bad. Yeah. Like, if they were able to attack and develop a Molder Beast on the same turn, um, you were in trouble, and you just kind of needed to be able to kill this thing right away, or probably whatever garbage artifacts they had were going to turn mm -hmm. into you being dead. Wow. Yeah, it, uh, I really like that format. Very, It was very, like, I, I hold it at a, a place in my heart because I feel like I was ahead of the curve on the second wave deck yeah, and was just like, Oh my God, you can do this. Like you can like figure out like that. These, these formats are like, uh, you know, they're kind of living, breathing organisms, right? New strategies pop up. There's a reaction like the douse and gloom kind of, or the fester gloom. Fester gloom. Like, one. The, like, like the, you know, the, technology inside the limited format of going like we should main deck fester gloom yeah if the exactly. opponent doesn't have triplet spirits maybe we have a blank yeah i'll, and I'll, it, I'll live with that mm. you know? and it's not like a product there wasn't as much conversation going around uh or there wasn't as much just like data around for people to misinterpret and so like you just got something where you would pick up these strategies and, and card evaluations because either the really good player that your shop told you or, you know, a pro wrote an article or something. Yeah, and where uh, you just went for it and then you won your draft and you're like that. Wait, oh, that I felt yeah. good. Huh. Oh, I yeah. got away with it. And yeah. then you try it again. You're like, Oh, I can get away with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I just thought this, I had to put it in because it was a playable. Yeah. Turns out it's actually sick as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I guess this uh, Sunspear Shikari is just, you know, a grizzly bear is going to trade with a lot of their stuff anyways. God forbid you put a, um, what's the, the suit? There's like the a, suit the copper that. carapace. Mm -hmm. Right. God forbid you put the suit on it, which is just like, this thing can't block. It's like, I'm not blocking. It's not going to block. I'm not blocking anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. All right, Nelson, your number three pick. My number three pick is Kaldheim. Uh, the set came out, what was it? The, was it the fall 2020 of the pandemic, right? Was it One. that set? 2021. 2021. Was it, it was winter 2021. No, so uh, January, yes. Yeah. January, January, 2021. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so January and February is also winter. Yeah. We, we had settled into being home a lot. Um, you know, uh, my kids were back in preschool sometimes. And so I was, I had a certain amount of time on my hands and, um, a lot of Twitch streams on my home channel. And I just fell into this set like i i i wasn't usually drafting the thing that was the best in the format like the format was sort of solved it was like yeah you want to be boros aggro or like keep yeah. in mind that the dwarves are going to attack you yeah 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 right like that's what you got to be watching out for that's the posting like, all the way that's what the good thing to be doing but nelly just wants to draft the green five color deck every time and i had a tough time not doing that or at least sultai and mm. you know this format kind of essentially it sort of beat me because <laughs> it was like I could have packs where it's just like, hey, there's a two one that leaves a one one. OK, so when I was drafting call time, I have fond memories of casting of like picking up like frost augers or whatever they are. Augur frost. That's the name of the card. And then you could do all sorts of degenerate snow things if you picked all of the snow mana. I guess maybe we're kind of doing the same thing as you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the big blue payoffs for snow usually wanted to, like, line up with these green ramp spells. Although you could have, you know, any two-color deck would be fine, too. There's plenty yeah. of signpost uncommons. Um, it's just whether you wanted to just, like, get in your lane and do what that's supposed to be doing or go the full greed and try to take the best card out of every pack. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, the packs would often give me, like, 
you know, here's a here's a perfectly reasonable three three haste for three, and like I'm just slamming the fertile ground for three mana, whatever it's called, Verdenhaven. I don't know all all the names of the enchantments that fix your mana in green across all the sets. I can't keep them straight, but I just had a lot of fun with this one, and I managed to win enough on arena that I could keep going. Um, so yeah, I think I have pretty close to a full set of call time. Um, yep. Wheeler's completely silent. He's just like I hated call time. I'm all, I'm wow. most I'm mostly just thinking about how I also am not the biggest Innistrad fan. Mm. Um, we weren't going to scrap over. The yeah, place. I know that's I, what I'm, I might have picked M10. I thought about M10. I'm like I should go M15 anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So okay. So so all right. On pick four. Now we're getting into the, the stuff that you don't both agree on. Mm-hmm. So what's so you know I'm curious. Is this one going to be another one that Nelson's like? Pu no. <laughs> uh, MD5 is my pick for Mirrodin Darksteel Fifth Dawn. Degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that you love CCB and MD5 because I feel like there's a polarization there. Like, I wanted to say when you're talking about champs, it's like one of the things that I think a lot of people loved about drafting in Kamigawa the first time was not drafting on Mirrodin anymore. Yeah. Like, the vibe of your draft deck was a bit more like. We're going to put these, you know, kind of synergistic pieces together, but I'm not like fully assembling some Voltron death machine. Like I'm going to play magic. I only played MD5 when it was out like a, like two times. Like oh, I was a kid, okay, drafting okay. was okay. expensive. And right. like, yes. if you didn't draft also and you didn't know what you were doing, you would just open a pack and be like, uh, uh. <laughs> why are all the cards gray? <laughs> yeah. Um, but. MD5 would get flashback drafts mm. quite often. And that was like a, I, I love original Mirrodin. It's one of my, you know, childhood sets. And so I was like, oh, I'll draft this. I, I heard good things. Magic players, good magic lo- players that are local, like Josh Lane loved MD5, would sure. always speak highly of it. And so I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And it was just one of those formats that every time it came around, I was like, ooh, MD5 flashbacks. Um, yeah, it's just, it can be degenerate. What's can, the most degenerate thing about it? Well, probably the affinity cards. Yeah, the affinity oh, cards right. are pretty good. There's a lot of artifacts. Uh, there are a lot of cheap artifacts that you just play so that you have enough artifacts for your affinity cards. Um, but you can do some, as the additional sets came out, it mm-hmm. became less of that. Like you can, you know, you have that. Are you an artifact deck or are you a uh, keep them honest deck? Um, but then there started to be, they started to bleed kind of together and there's like this in the middle kind of spot where like, yeah, you'll play out some cheap artifacts and you'll make sure to get that iron mirror on the table as soon as possible. And then you're casting rain of rust (laughs) or you're like, you're casting grab the reins and like you're ramping to, I don't know, like a betrayal of flesh or betrayal of flesh is actually one that I, I, if we can get that on the screen, cause this one. The kids don't know <laughs> the about kids don't betrayal. Know. They don't understand, and they shouldn't have to. But no, yeah, take a look. Five and a black for an instant with entwine. So entwine uh, is uh, you pay an additional cost, and instead of the choose one, you get to do both. The entwine here is sacrifice three lands. That's a lot. So five and a black instant. Choose one. Destroy target creature. Or return target creature card from your graveyard to play. And it's an instant. Entwine sack three lands as an instant. So instant speed, you kill their best creature, then reanimate your best creature, and then kill their second best creature. And it doesn't matter that you sacked lands. You're just 
You're on it. You're going to yeah. attack them for lethal next turn. Yeah, the blow-up potential on this one was pretty insane. Grab the reins is kind of similar. These, these are... These are a cycle, aren't they? Grab the reins, betrayal of flesh, and uh, one dozen eyes, and the the <laughs> white one that pumps all your creatures and gives them lifelink. Oh, stir the pride. Stir the pride. Yeah. Those are all. They're all a cycle, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Grab the reins. Three in a red instant. Choose one until end of turn. You gain control of target creature, and it gains haste. Or sacrifice a creature. Then grab the reins. Deals damage equal to that creature's power to target creature or player. So. Entwined, instant speed, you steal their best creature and then throw it at their second best creature. It's seven mana, but you also have the flexibility of just like, I don't know, I have this A-tog or this Megatog that is gigantic and I'm just going to throw it at you. Yeah, or you can go face. Like, you can yeah. just fling for the win with this one. Yeah. Or act of treason for the win if you need to. Yeah, yeah. and you you had like spell bombs and chromatic sphere, pentad prism, like ways of like kind of cycling through your deck and doing stuff. It, By the time I started playing Magic, they'd make you have to have two cards to do that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that some, you know, It's funny because like back then... There were a lot of these cards and then also cards that you probably shouldn't play in your limited deck ever in the mm -hmm. packs. Like this is these were the days when like draft was a bit more gate kept by the like players who knew how to win at draft. Mm -hmm. Like it, you know, I went this set, like the MD5 specifically, like I drafted almost every week at YJ. Mm -hmm. And this was like me like cutting my teeth. Like when I showed up in September, I was like taking all of the terrors and then yeah. my oh. opponent's creatures oh, no. were all artifacts. Yeah. And then by the time Champions came out, I was like, okay, I have like something of an idea of what a draft deck should look like. Like I should play 17 lands. Like I, that's, that's I remember one of the first flashback drafts I did, I was like, oh, Tris I get a pack one, pick one Triskelion. Right. And I'm like, okay, this has got to be a really good start. I, it's a rare, it's it's it, artifact, it ping stuff. It's got to be great. And then I got past like a fifth pick blinding beam. And I was like, oh, this card is absurd, right? But like, surely this is an open. And then I got past the sixth pick blinding beam. And I'm like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. I also don't know what I'm doing, but I at least read an article somewhere <laughs> right. that says, pick this blinding beam, please. Do you know what? I, I know what I'm doing. Just moving us on to Nelson's oh, fourth sure. pick. We're, we're on a time limit. Because That's true. I, I've got day. somewhere to be. So let's talk about... Oath of the Gatewatch. It's pretty much my favorite set in Magic's history. Um, I just love the way that they wrapped up a sixth color of Magic into all mm. of what we'd already done. Like the the hidden sixth color of Magic, I thought it was really beautiful. Um, but the limited format was fantastic. Like you have Null Bayloths, you have mm. Allies, you have Surge cards. I don't think Surge actually likes this format that much. But uh, but the Surge cards were pretty cool. I liked drafting the Surge decks because you get to have all these turns that feel like I'm a clever Storm player, but it was balanced. You keep playing after you get your mana reduction on something like, uh, I want to say Valakut Tyrant or something like... Um, was there was like Crush of Tentacles? Yeah, Crush of Tentacles. Well, I mean, those are big heavy hits, but what were some of the common surge cards? Like, there was something that like tapped a creature uh, into a card, like a Frostbreath. Oh, yeah. That yeah. surge for only like two, two mana, only one mana. Yeah. So, sorry, James, trying to make you find these cards, but uh, uh, there we go. Containment Membrane's a great example. So, a three mana uh, keep it from untapping enchantment that doesn't even tap the creature in question. Like, it has to go on a creature that already attacked you or something. Um, 
not very impressive. But for only one mana, now suddenly the tempo is like you can get you know, if you're racing with your opponent, but then you just cast two two spells in a turn. One of them takes out their creature for one mana. Like that's pretty exciting. Is, there was this, that... is this the one you were thinking of? Yeah. So I'm trying to think of Grip of the Royal. Yeah. yeah. This is a classic fitted into your into your deck, and this one's fine. It's only one more mana without surge. I think because you know it draws a card, they didn't yeah. want to make it too cheap. Jwar Isle Avenger. I remember liking Jwar that Avenger. card in this format. The five mana three three flyer that has surge for three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This one was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, there was also five mana deal four damage, <clears throat> but surge was only two. So you got to play oh, like a lava coil, is essentially. Claws of Valakut or something? No, Claws of Valakut's an enchantment from World Wake that gives plus o, one plus O for each mountain you have. And maybe first strike. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I can't. It's something like that. It's like something stones of Valakut. Right? Yeah, yeah, like the, the the mountain is hitting you. Anyways, so I liked those decks. I liked the uh, greedy recurring null Baloth decks. I liked the black white vampire allies decks. Oh, I love the black white vampire allies deck. Yeah, you get your Ondu cleric and your vampire envoy, and mm-hmm. you're suddenly you got an extort stew going, baby. I remember drafting a deck uh, that was like red black and. I overrun my opponent game one, like I just trample them. Game two, they're like a grindy slow, kind of control the board, cast, uh, what is it, planar outburst or whatever, the awaken wrath and okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. And uh, they had that blue-white uncommon that has uh, the like temporal spring or whatever. Um, and I remember citing in three consuming sinkholes. Whoa. Which is like four mana, just four to the dome. Okay. Or exile a land creature. Yeah. <laughs> Target player. Yeah, target yeah, player. Yeah. I was like, well, you know what? If they're just going to wrath anyways, it was like, get them to 12. <laughs> it was like, sinkhole. You know what's sinkhole. funny? This, sinkhole. I, can, I can't, I don't know if I ever brought this card in, but like if they have a ton of Awakened cards, sure. Um, but wasn't Awakened in the other set? Was this, were you drafting? I thought this one was meant to be drafted just by itself by this point. I thought this was Did the... we have BFZ plus this? It says land creature on here, so probably. No, you, we did BFC Oath. Okay, okay, yeah. fair enough. That's fair. Gosh, I'm old. Yeah. Anyways, I didn't even mention the Eldrazi, but they're they're there too, and there was a bunch of really fun Eldrazi in Oath of the Gatewatch. Um, you didn't have processors anymore. Instead, they were better, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The processors were like, okay, this is clever. It's an interesting piece of design space, but it's also kind of annoying. Every time, you like, every time you like have a processor and not a card from Exile to put in, you're mm-hmm. like, ugh. Okay, what's your fourth okay. favorite set? Oh well, yeah, you have to that ask. W- that was the fourth pick, right? Wasn't yeah. it? So this is. But I went first. Didn't I? No, I didn't go. No, first. you, you went did. First. So now we're on your last picks each. But before we get to that, yeah. I want to say I don't want just like oh this is number five. I want this pick to be your boys, your stable. Your boys stable. Yeah, this is to borrow from wrestling. This is what you think a boy. Or a member of your stable is sort of an underappreciated pick. Never going to, like, maybe be named one of the all-time greats. It's no M10. It's no champions, champions, betrayers. It's, but you know what? A solid, underappreciated set. Fun I, to draft. Good, a good lad. No, I got the ultimate boy in my stable. All right, what's your boy? Avacyn Restored. I will stand Avacyn Restored to this day. There's, like, five <laughs> people that like it. Two of them work in this office. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I it got so much crap, but I found that format to be more uh, uh, more like a living, breathing organism than people gave it credit. Like That's I found fair. that that was a That's format fair. that every you know at the beginning people were like 
it's just druids familiars everywhere right. and it's like yeah that's really good but like you know it's not all druids familiars you can do like mono black was quite good that was a thing where people were like talking about how you know what do you pair black with you could do mono black you could do black green a deck that i called dragula was <laughs> uh Black green. Kudos, with that did happen. Yeah. Black green with Timberland guides and uh, Driver of the Dead, who is the oh. titular Dragula. The four mana three two. When he dies, you get to reanimate a two drop. Yep. Um, just now above a four to mana that. three two that reanimates a two drop doesn't sound super exciting. Yeah, but that, I mean, this card traded and then got value, and like you could have the two drops with an ETB, or like it just ensured that you had a body in play so that your follow up soul bond creature could like pair with it true um true. i'm just saying haters gonna make some valid points about this card. oh yeah i'm i i understand this draft format is far from perfect but there's like some cool stuff that you can do i drafted a lot of mono black mm. too people thought black was the worst thing that you can do yeah, but if you're the uninterrupted mono black drafter then absolutely and uh one of my favorite drafts i did had uh there's a card called treacherous pit dweller uh which is like Two black for a 4-3 when it ETBs from a graveyard, target opponent gains control of it. <gasps> and the removal was not great in this format, admittedly. Uh, I had a deck with two of this and three blood flow connoisseurs. So blood flow connoisseur is a three mana 1-1 one, one sack a creature, put a 1-1 one, one counter on it. So yeah. you would just get the 4-3 in play that like most decks cannot deal with. And then you play the blood flow connoisseur. And if your 4-3 dies with the uh, it undies and comes back, and then with the like exchange control trigger, you just sacrifice it to the connoisseur. So you kind of get to mitigate that downside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you pay three mana for a one one. I might have liked the format if I could have figured out how That's to draft the Thatcher's Revolt deck correctly. Oh yeah, and the th we didn't even get to the old piss on Margaret Thatcher's grave. <laughs> yeah. That's what we called deck. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Revolt, three mana sorcery. You make three one ones with haste. Sack them at the beginning of the end step. Oh, yeah. You can. But there was also like a ritual and like a way to draw cards, Battle I think. Him. It, like there was the whole way to like storm yeah. human. Battle him, mass haste. appeal. Mass right. appeal is the three. Battle him is two mana instant, add red for each creature you control. Yeah. Mass appeal is two and a blue, draw a card for each human you control. Right. So you so could kind of pop off. Yeah. That's sick. If you ever manage to catch all the, or cast all those spells in the same turn, like. Hopefully you're winning that game, but mm -hmm. if you're me, you cast all three of those spells in the same turn, and then you just like stare at a bunch of lands and attack your opponent for three. I remember drafting a blue white deck that had like dread, killed them with Dreadwaters and Otherworldly Atlas, so like a mill deck. But like Dreadwaters is terrible. It's four mana sorcery. Player mills X equal to the number of lands you control, and so like, how are you going to get to that many it's lands? Great. It's yeah. not great, but you know, you you open a terminus and. All right, we got to move on. Seraph of Dawn. Seraph okay. of Dawn. No, we got to stop we've talking got, about We've got to move on history. so we can get Nelson's... Give me your boy. Give okay. me your underappreciated thing that maybe only that you like. All right, underappreciated. So I can't... I was going to do one of two Ravnica sets here, either post-Ascension, which has a lot of love in the past. We've already talked about Champs and, and Kamigawa, so... Or, and Mirrodin. So let's say Ravnica Allegiance. Oh. You get, you get? I was going to write down what my guess was, but it wasn't Triple Shadowmore. <laughs> oh, no, those 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 drafts we drafted with our boys. But Ravnica Legions is really my boy. Again, um, there's this deck. I don't know if I if I picked it up from 
just drafting a bit and my opponent did it or if like john rickard or tyler sage told me about this deck deck? but yeah the dovin's acuity deck just like consumed me and every time i possibly could i was drafting dovin's acuities Mm -hmm. Um, this is an enchantment that says if you cast an instant during your main phase you can return it to your hand it costs one a blue and a white and it gains two life and draws you a card when etbs So you just get to play this with a bunch of stupid shit mm-hmm. that doesn't do anything. <laughs> clear the mind. And you clear the mind Ooh. so that you you put all your stupid shit back in your library and you just gain a bunch of life, draw through your deck. You usually play mm-hmm. some walls mm-hmm. and just try not to get killed by whatever your opponent's doing. There's there's a common 1-4 flying with vigilance so you can like block a bunch and just... Sometimes you would aggressively mill them, but most of the time you just kind of like... Move some stuff around from different zones. Try to be at a high life total. Hold up a cancel. Oh, right. The cancel was a mill card. That's what it was. You just uh, won with collapse. thought collapse. That yeah. was what you did. You yeah. just wanted to have at least two thought collapses in your deck so that you can like counter whatever they're going to play that kills them. It mills them a bit. You kind of forget that you cheated ahead at milling a little bit because the way the, ga- the games went, it felt like you were naturally <clears throat> milling them. Yeah. You just like cast some stuff every turn if possible. Mm. Gain some life. Draw some cards. Make sure you don't mill out and eventually they mill out. So was great. It was fun. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan of Ravnica Allegiance myself, personally. Yeah. Also, the Gates deck, obviously. Shout out to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gates, mm-hmm. Gates of Blaze and the Colossus. And, of course, the Sheep. Drafted, Gate Colossus. Drafted the High Alert deck a lot, too. Yes, the High Alert. No, there's multiple blue-white yeah. weird decks. So lucky to be a, a Azorius drafter in Allegiance. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the mark of a good format when you're like, oh, yeah, that deck. Oh, yeah, that deck. Oh, yeah, that deck, right? Yeah. You know, f- there's distinct playable archetypes. The fact that you can have, that you could draft two blue-white decks in a row and neither of them are the same. Like, you know, that's just, you got diversity across uh, the format, even within the same color pairing. Yeah. It's pretty nice. All right. So from top to bottom, to wrap us up, champions, champions, betrayers, mm-hmm. M10. M15. M- well, it was M10 first, wasn't M10. it? M10. M15, M10. Triple Innistrad. Triple Innistrad. That was your first one. Uh, 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 DK5. Uh, MD- or MD5. MD5. Donkey Kong Country. I, I, five Donkey Kongs. <laughs> Call time. I would draft five Donkey Allegiance. Kongs. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like a better host would be taking notes, but maybe you were taking notes in the comments. What are your favorite draft sets of all times? What are your boys? Tell us your give us your stable. What's your Big, boy stable? Yeah, like? yeah. Shout out to OSW Review for uh for us to steal that idea that they had mm-hmm. for this. But let us know below. Uh but that about does it here for Tap Tap Concede this week. Thank you so much. This was a really fun discussion. Uh I've been Kathleen. Joining me was Wheeler. Thank you for having me, Kathleen. It was great to be here. And Nelson. Oh my gosh, Kathleen. This was so much fun thank you and everyone else here that seemed very legitimate and i want to say thank you so much to cardkingdom.com for sponsoring our natural not at all scripted friendship magic the gathering podcast you go to www.cardkingdom.com slash lrr and say loading ready run sent me button please and they'll send you a one inch button that says life laughter land drops or something else uh and uh and of course you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run thanks so much we'll catch you next week Bye bye